0: Hello and welcome to episode 111. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the podcast, I am joined by singer and songwriter Morgan Bolender. Morgan is known for her song titled Mary Oliver, which has gone viral on YouTube. And it is so good. She started her career as a third grade special education teacher, and then started on a journey to quite literally find her own voice and listen to her heart. We met at Danielle Laporte's White Hot Truth event at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco, where Morgan opened up the event for Danielle, and it was just amazing. I am so thrilled she's here today to share about her journey that she has taken to find her voice and sing. A few notes before we get started on the interview this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so glad that you are here. Jumpstart Your Joy is a podcast that is all about people choosing joy in their lives, even when it is the hardest choice they will ever make. And I love exploring these stories with people. So I am so glad you are here. If you are new to the show, there's a ton of information on the website, which you can find at jumpstartyourjoy.com including show notes for this episode and 110 past episodes, along with a free course to help you find more joy in your day-to-day. So let's get on to the show itself. Morgan Bolander is pretty amazing, and that is putting things lightly. After she graduated from college, she moved to Kona, Hawaii to be a third-grade special education teacher. But when she got there, she realized that that didn't really light her up. And she found herself, as so many of us find ourselves, stuck in that place where she felt like she could continue on in the name of kind of social prestige, doing something that sounds good. But on the inside, she felt like she wasn't paying a tribute or putting devotion towards her heart's real truth. So she quickly realized that she couldn't keep doing that to herself because she felt like she would never fully be in integrity. As she tells me, she can't be anything but her her heart's truth. What I love so much about this discussion is that Morgan is someone who is deeply curious. She follows her gut to things, even if they are scary and painful, and she does so in the earnest name of growth. She started out on her journey being truly afraid to sing, which I can't even imagine as she has such an amazing voice. But then she realized that singing was her gift and her calling, and she followed that. It takes so much strength to do the things that scare us. And those fears often stop us before we can even get to the heart of what our own truth is. But Morgan, just she went for it. And she took that story of her own journey and crafted it into the song, Mary Oliver... And I'm so excited because she's letting me put that at the end of this episode. So if you haven't heard it yet, you are in for a treat. Make sure you listen in to the very end. So let's get on to the interview. Here is Morgan Bolender. Well, welcome to the show today. I am so, so excited to have Morgan Bolender on. Oh, welcome to the podcast, Morgan. Hi, thanks. <laughs> good to be here. So exciting. I we first met back at the Danielle Laporte event back in uh in san francisco at grace cathedral and i got to hear you perform and i was like oh my goodness i really need to have a conversation with morgan because you are Mm -hmm. just really a delightful musician and and so inspiring so thank you for joining
1: that's so sweet to hear
0: yeah it's (laughs) really a pleasure to be here Yay. What did you
1: love most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? So I got up this morning and, or I saw the question late last night before going to bed and I was like, huh, I'm going to have to call my mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I called her this morning. I was like, mom, like what? Um, and the first thing she said is what I thought she would say, which was uh, the name of my childhood and still one of my best friends. She was like, mm-hmm. Liz Tanko, sparked joy. And I was like, yeah, like, definitely. And what what else? Like, I don't really remember being super joyful. Mm. And we agreed that I was, like, a pretty introspective and, like, oddly serious child. Very, oh. very serious. And ultimately, we came to, like, and I'm not, like, I-, I wish I could say it was, like, flowers and music and all this. But it was, like, achieving things is mm. what made me joyful um so like learn like understanding something I hadn't understood before or like learning yeah how to do something or and this is the one I'm like least proud of but it's just like was a fact and was like winning Mm, yeah (laughs) winning winning things (laughs) that's awesome Um, though Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, again, I would much like, it would be much more romantic of a story if I was (laughs) like, yes, like the single strum of a guitar chord just brought about a feeling of, you know, but no, (laughs) it was like, it was like, no, like climbing to the top the fastest. But then another thing that I thought about is um, deep connection. With other mm. people, like when I could find somebody who was willing and excited to dive as deep into conversation and connection as I wanted, it was really exciting for me.
0: Yes. Oh, and I think right there is probably one of the places that we would be complete kindred spirits is because I know I loved sitting and if, if there was that one friend, whether it was on the phone or like in person, that you could just be like, yeah, like, let's just pull this topic apart and then yeah, let the afternoon go or the evening or whatever it was. Like, yeah, that was that's mm-hmm. deliciously joyful.
1: Mm. Yeah. Like, let's talk ideas. And what it, like, what's What are we all doing here? And <laughs> yeah, um, and then I had another um, best friend who is also still one of my very best friends. um, And we would be like, let's try to move things with our minds. Or mm. like, let's sit with the Ouija board, or like kind of more witchy. Stuff yeah. And just being like, okay, so there's like a whole, like, I think there's a whole other world beneath, above, around, within, whatever, like what, what it is we're presented with as being mm-hmm. reality. So like, let's explore that.
0: Oh, yes. I love all that. And it's so interesting to me because I mean, I can I can see from all you, having spoken to you for a very few minutes. It's like I could see that person that was so kind of introspective, but loved all the connections and like believed that and very strongly knew that there was something way beyond this plane of existence. Like I can totally see how those things really? tie through.
1: Oh, yeah. To to like even oh, so nice to hear. <laughs>
0: To your songs like that's that's almost exactly what uh, at least some of what I just adore about it is you have this beautiful connection that you that you make in your your songwriting and your singing that I feel is so well communicated through with what you just said you love so I don't know if you also want to then share with us what is it that you do now
1: music I do full-time music so I did this really big tour over the summer mm-hmm. which yeah, it took an incredible amount of planning. It was three months and a week, and just about 50 concerts, and they were all house concerts, which totally ties in like my love for connection and community. And yeah, it was 13,000 miles all around the country.
2: Mm.
1: So I just got back from that like coming on a month ago, but I feel like I'm still landing. Yeah. And um, yeah, then I'm, I'm doing local house concerts around here, and I'm on the cusp of beginning a group for women, at least to start, it'll be women, for like freeing your voice. Mm. Um, so yes. like a five or six week workshop.
0: Oh, yeah, that yeah. sounds really, really super interesting. So I want to get the details yeah. for people to find out more about that. because, Well, so for the tour, that sounds intense, but um, also so interesting. I know I saw a YouTube video of you singing with your partner. Mm hmm and wow you guys are pretty magical together the molten Aww. sky song was like oh my gosh i had to hit the, you know listen a couple times on um the one youtube video i found how do you guys go about creating music uh what is that process like for you
1: well we've written two songs together they are both joke songs <laughs> 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 one of them <laughs> One of them is called Booty Patrol and the other one's called I'm a Baby. And they're ridiculous. So both of us on our own write these like pretty introspective and often like serious songs. And then it it was really funny to see that when we came together, we wrote these like outrageous comedy songs. But we're wanting to dive more deeply. I mean, we first hung out with the thought of like, hey, let's try and write a song together. And um, Scott's been playing guitar and songwriting for what like 18 years now and for me I sang my first notes and strummed my first chords about six years ago like I didn't sing I didn't do anything musical except for a little bit of violin when I was a kid Mm
2: -hmm.
1: until six years ago but yeah we're definitely wanting to write more together and it's like it's like such an incredibly personal and tender art that Mm -hmm. there's a lot you know there's kind of I think a lot of ego stuff to get through sure. to be able to just throw around ideas and write together, and we're I mean, we're partners beyond just music mm, also okay. so yeah, we're just like very, very close, and yeah. I feel like that you know, I think we both care a lot about what the other thinks, and we have our own you know we have our own internal like power dynamics and all of these things that would come with us into the space of trying to write a song together. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I know we're both excited about. Just hasn't been ripe yet. So for our collaboration, for his songs, I often play percussion and sing harmonies. And then for mine, he often plays guitar along and sometimes sings harmonies. Mm hmm. So we've been collaborating in performance, but not as much in writing.
0: That's very cool. And I love that you're leaving the space, kind of acknowledging that you both have your own process and kind of leaving space for whatever that means and how you best create music together. I can sense there would be a lot to navigate doing anything with another person. (laughs) You kind of got to figure it all out in in its own way every time. So, yeah, that's neat. Totally. Um, So how did you start? How did you get your start with music? You said six years ago. How did how did that come about? I sense <laughs> there's a great great story there too.
1: Oh my goodness. This one gets like kind of trippy. After college, I went to Kona, Hawaii to work as a third grade special education teacher through a program called Teach for America. At this, the program required that I was also at the same time a full time graduate student. So Mm -hmm. full-time teacher, full-time first-year teacher, full-time graduate student. And also in that program, um, you're not required to have had a degree in education. So I'd had five weeks of teacher training, intensive, one hour maybe of special ed training. And then I was in a classroom and in in an underserved community. And within, after about three months, I woke up one day just like, I woke up to myself crying and was just like, I hate this. Like, I hate my life right now. This is not, I don't like teaching. I don't like the routine of it. I don't like, you know, having encouraging these kids to sit and do an hour and a half of math when they're like really wanting to work on identifying different flowers and fish and mm-hmm. um, are clearly having like huge emotional responses to, you know, needing to sit and for that long. Anyway, so I made the really difficult decision to quit. Um, and at that point, I'd been, I'd gone from institution to institution, you know, like school, and I was a gymnast, and I was part of a lot of different organizations, and, and I always had an idea of, like, where my next step would be.
2: Mm-hmm. And in
1: quitting, I was suddenly, like, I'd just turned 22. I was 6,000 miles away from everyone that I knew, and I was just, like, on the island, the big island of Hawaii. And, I mean, I realized that I had two choices. In that moment, like when I woke up crying, I was like, okay, I can keep on going in this direction of social prestige and keep sounding good to folks and doing this work while I'm the Side. having this devotion to my heart and to living with a sort of singularity and oneness devotion to my own heart's truth and then I was I could do that or and then I was like, wait a second with choosing the one that's just my heart's truth like there can't be another one. So yeah, I quit and that was like <laughs> that was excruciating um, and I just remember like going the first day that I was supposed to go and teach. Like the rest of my housemates who were also teachers went and I was there and like the space was enormous and paralyzing and I wanted to just lay in bed and be depressed, but then I was in (laughs) Hawaii and like the palm fronds were sounding like rain outside my window and the birds were chirping and (laughs) like the traffic, you know, I was just like, oh man, I can't even be depressed. (laughs) Right, something else was calling you out and calling you onward. Oh my goodness. So I get in my car and I have rarely experienced myself talking to myself aloud. It's like not one of my, one of my things, mm-hmm. but I hear myself go, I get in the car, I go, take me where I need to go. <laughs> and I'm driving and I find myself like going toward this, like there was like a target and Barnes and Noble and this and that. And I'm like, what the, like, why? But then I keep going and I'm going behind it. And I'm like, what's happening here?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but also kind of like zombie-like, because I'm so overwhelmed and numb from the experience of quitting and doing all that. Mm. I find myself at this place called Old Airport Park, I think. And essentially, it just used to be an old airport. So the parking lot is as wide as a landing strip. And on one side is the ocean. Mm. And on the other side is a lovely garden with a walking path. And I go and I sit by the ocean. And my car is the only one in there. It's like 8.30 on a Monday morning. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I go and I'm just looking at the ocean and I'm like willing myself to feel again, Mm -hmm. because I had just been head down, plow forward for a long time. And I knew that I couldn't feel and I'm sitting there and I'm like staring at the ocean and start writing. And I write, I know when I landed on this island, it felt alive to me, but like where are the pulse points? And mm. I kid you not, within one second of writing that I hear like doom 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 a drum <laughs> from across the way. Wow. <laughs> and I look and now there's one other car in the parking lot and there is one man on the other side sitting under a tree playing his drum. And I was mm. like, what the hell? <laughs> And I feel like that's the moment my life started, in some ways. You know, like my life yeah. of magic and possibility and freedom and and so I I walk over magnetized, but I don't want him to see me because I'm like a mess, like truly a mess. And I've got I've got a, Krishnamurti book and a Kurt Vonnegut book, and I just sit close enough that I could hear him, but far enough away that he can't really see me. And I sit and I pretend to read one of those books. <laughs> <laughs> For like I love an it. hour or two, <laughs> yeah, and what I'm feeling is like the warmth of that rhythm melting the frozen parts mm-hmm. inside of me, and i I finally like get to cry, and you know like the the melted <laughs> water just coming down my eyes and. I get deep breath for the first time in so long. And a few hours later, I get up to go leave and my legs just start taking me toward him. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want to see anyone right now. And they're just going and it's like, you need to thank him. I'm like, oh, so I like walk over. And as I get closer, I see that he's just like this glowing, glowing person. Wow. And I get close and he looks up at me and I'm like breath taken out of me of like the beauty and it was the most presence I'd seen in any person's eyes in my life. Mm. He just looked at me and he's like, Aloha. Mm. And everything stopped for me, you know, and I was just like, Hi. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted, um, I just wanted to thank you. Um, You know, I like and I told him a little bit and he was just like, Well, great. Like glad that it did that for you. Awesome. And like, it was just so chill and I was just so moved. And the next day I went again and we ended up spending the whole day together until the sun set into the ocean talking about, oh my God, just everything, but Mm -hmm. like with a focus on like Sufism and Taoism and just ideas and theories and feelings. And it was just like so nourishing for me. I felt like I'd maybe for the first time, met someone who was on the same page as me, but further down it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, he was like, I think you may find more of what you're looking for on the other side of the island. And like, that was it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so there's like, I mean, this story could be too long, so I'm going to. Oh, it's, it's it a little bit. It's
0: so great. I mean, I love the gift that he just, <laughs> I mean, probably in some ways unknowingly, but maybe he actually knew. I mean, but what a gift of just like letting you be and just, you know, taking in what you had to say and then like, wow, what a person. What a person.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's, he's still one of my best friends. And that was Ugh. eight years ago. Amazing. Um, yeah, there are so many little intricacies to this tale. Long story shorter, <laughs> I get to the other side and it is just magic after magic after magic. I'm just astounded. I mean, I drove like on the road to the other side. I literally drove beneath a rainbow. Wow. as I was making it to like this new town. <laughs> like what is going mm-hmm. on? Yeah, it was it was an outrageous the world just opened up and it became colorful. And I found myself living at this organic farm kind of in the jungle. And I was living in this a, a jungle, we called it, it was just like a room on stilt green walls, plywood floor, tin roof. And in the jungle in the winter in Hawaii, it's pretty rainy. And I just sat there. I just spent so much time alone in that jungle for months, learning how to cry again and like letting the rain help with that. And this one day, this lovely woman who did a lot of the management there, she was hosting a restorative yoga class. Have you ever done restorative yoga?
0: I have not. I've done Bikram, which is... Actually, in Hawaii as well. (laughs) Strangely, with... started with Wayne Dyer in the room. <laughs> oh, wow! So yeah, but Bikram yoga is fun, but I've never done restorative.
1: So restorative is the, pretty much the opposite of Bikram. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, in yeah, that, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Restorative is like, okay, so my experience with, with Tara that night was we smoked some weed and then she guided me through this practice of just like opening and relaxation really deeply and We're in this beautiful space and again with the screen walls and like the Koki frogs are chirping and Mm. I remember her like rubbing lavender oil into my feet and just like having the most blissful time. And at the end of this practice, I was so relaxed and open
2: Mm. um,
1: that I couldn't even like think about like going back through the jungle to get to my (laughs) jungle and was like, oh, and she was like, okay, Morgan, a kirtan is happening here next. And you're welcome to join. And I was like, "What? What's kirtan? She was like, "Actually, she was like, I'd love if you stayed." I was like, "What is that?" She's like, "It's a it's devotional singing." And I was like, "Oh, like I I don't sing. I yeah, that's I don't I don't do that." She's like, "Okay, well, just um come and you know sit with us. It'll it'll be really sweet." And I I couldn't move, so I didn't really have a choice. Yeah. I was just like so tired and relaxed and yeah. So then there are like five or six of us sitting around this single flame and these songs are being sung and I'm becoming really hypnotized by it in a great way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And all of a sudden I start to hear this, this voice, this woman singing and it was just, oh my goodness, that's one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. Who is that? And I look up and I'm looking around. Mm-hmm. I need to know who that is because I've been obsessed with people who could sing that from like my earliest memories it was like I just thought it was the most incredible thing and the voice stopped and that happens like over the next hour like three or four more times where I'm like who is that and then it stops and finally a woman sitting next to me is like why do you keep stopping and I was like oh shit (laughs) I was like oh shit like this means oh my god And in that moment, and this is crazy, but this is what happened for me. In that moment, I was, I have to, now I have to do this for my life. Like, this is it now. Um, (laughs) And, like, for somebody with no, with, like, first of all, no desire, like, an anti-desire to be in front of people, not interested, no thank you, with that and, like, no training and anything to all of a sudden have like the feeling of just like, now this is your life and this will be your living too. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it took a couple of years after that to like really start. I mean, I was just so scared. Uh. I was just terrified thinking I am, um, you know, as recently as my last year of college, I remember reading this um, article that It was either, I think Alicia Keys had been interviewed and she was talking about going through a really rough time and climbing to like the top of a pyramid in Egypt and just singing her heart out. And like, yeah. And I remember thinking like, if I could just sing, I think I could be okay. Cause I was going through a really rough time. It was like, if I could just sing, I think, I think I could be okay. But you know, that's not, that's not something I can do. I'd never heard my voice. I didn't sing in the shower. I remember driving um, and having music really loud and singing with it and like every so often trying to trick myself and lower the volume very quickly so that I could hear (laughs) what I sounded like. I was like, I think maybe I'm doing it, but I would just quiet. And this was alone. I was shy with myself. So I've had to cry so much and like to overcome like the terror of it. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I started. That's, oh my goodness. I I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting here
0: like amazed and delighted. Like what a journey and what a journey both to like to what you knew you It sounds like you maybe already knew you wanted to do, but then also the journey inward of becoming comfortable with what that meant that you would rise into this this thing that is you. The whole thing's beautiful.
1: Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know I wanted, it felt like something that I was like, if there are next lives, like, let me be able to sing in my next life. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like this thing ever that I was like, I want to be a singer. That felt right. way too, that just was like, no, it was just, that's amazing. <laughs> that's out way outside of the realm of anything I could do.
0: I love that you shared all that. Cause I think so many creative people, what there's such vulnerability and being creative and sharing a bit of what is clearly your soul. With other people, that it is. I mean, there's terror involved. There's been even. I mean, like even conversations that I've had on the podcast. Like sometimes I'm like, I gotta ask that question, and I'm like, I can't ask that question. Uh (laughs) You know, and it's it's terrifying because you're putting yourself out
1: there in a way that's so what visible and vulnerable. Oh my gosh, crazy! It's everything. And like before this, I did not do anything artistic. Um, In fact, I avoided plague. Like Mm -hmm. I remember being in first grade. So I was newly six years old and getting a prompt for journal writing time that just said free write. And I watched like the other kids around me be kind of stoked on that. And I watched myself just like freeze up. And like, I wonder if that's the first time I lied because I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. And then I just like walked around the halls. Um, And was like, I'm going to come back when this is over, because if I don't know how to do this right, if you're not like, I don't know how to win this, I don't know how to do that, do it correctly. This is way too much. And so I avoided all forms of creative expression. And I just did the like, like things that could be quantified. Right. You know, like I did things that looked good on paper and that there was like a clear good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like way to measure like you're succeeding. Yeah. So it was a massive, massive change, of course.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And can relate so, so deeply to so much of it because, yeah, definitely even my own self, you know, perfectionist tendencies and a good student and felt really safe and confident in the areas where I knew like, yeah, I can do that. That's I've got mm-hmm. it. But then, yeah, anything that seems a little bit more like, OK, I'm going to have to reveal a bit of myself or share something else. Yeah, that's that's a terrifying proposition.
1: Yeah. And then doing it, like my kind of first step into that was I started. Actually, that same woman, Tara, asked if she could see some of what I was writing, which I had Mm -hmm. just started writing at that point. And I was kind of like, okay. And she read and she was like, okay, well, you need to share this with the world. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) no. Mm -hmm. And at the time, like I was really, and I still am actually, experiments in fearlessness or like boldness. And just if something, I was a little bit more black and white about it in the beginning, but it was kind of like, if something scares me Mm -hmm. and it seems to pertain to like my, my growth, I just have to do it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I don't mean that in the way of like, if there's like a zip line that I'm like, that doesn't seem safe. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, But so I make this blog, It, it was called The Unraveling and I started to write about my experience of completely leaving the stability and certainty of what I knew, and just moving to this organic farm in the jungle and exploring what it means to like for me to really be fully alive. Mm. And uh, yeah, they had like a few thousand readers around the world within a year, and it was it was a really cool and totally scary experience. So I feel like that was the first kind of exercise in that, and then then the music. <laughs> <laughs> then the music. Oh, then the music.
0: Well, and I feel like there's there's such a through story here around, I don't know, what then your song Mary Oliver about that moment where you realize you're gonna be something or someone that maybe is different than what everyone has told you. I don't it sounds mm-hmm. like that has a great resonance with what you've just explained as your story. I don't know if you want to get into where those lyrics how, came from or you know, like how did how yeah. did that song come to be?
1: So Mary Oliver is about me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's my story. And I remember sitting with a friend a little bit before, before writing that named Jonah Matranga, who has been writing songs for a very long time. And he said to me like, Morgan, like, I'd love to hear a song about your story. I think you're a lot more interesting than you may think. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little while after that, I was sitting on my bed, guitar next me and like kind of just like blankly Facebook scrolling which you know not proud but that's what happened and I saw a picture of an old classmate someone that I'd gone gone to school with from preschool through high school and she was always really sweet we were never very close um, but she was always sweet and lovely and in this photo well I saw the status first and it was like something that seemed really like wow like over the top to me like of mm. all of the quantifiable achievements that had been reached in a short amount of time and it was like a picture of her and her new husband and they're in like the pregnant pose like he's behind her hands on her belly and they're in mm. front of this like fancy looking mantelpiece and it's like wow like bought a house and this new car and became a doctor and got married and um we're doing this and that all happened in a year and oh my you know and uh, i was like wow like cool that's all great and then like of course beneath that is like all the like oh my gosh congratulations and that's like I have no issue with that sort of thing and then I looked closer at the photo and I looked at her and was just like oh my goodness like where is she
2: Mm.
1: where oh my goodness where did she go I was so haunted by the look in her eyes um like her mouth is still smiling Mm-hmm. But she just looked so different. And so I took some time and I looked through some photos her and I like was wondering when that happened. Wow, oh, my yeah. goodness. When... And I'm just watching her like her spirit retreat into like a back corner of herself. And of course, this is my judgment. This is my perception of what I'm seeing. And then I looked at up another friend who I had like a similar thought about. And I just looked and was just wow. And then I just picked up my guitar and it came out in one moment like this. We're all getting older, so what's it gonna be, you know? Mm. And like the next line then came and I was just like, okay, wow. And, you know, within a few days, the whole song was written. And I thought like, oh yeah, like Jonah had suggested I tell my story. Like this weaves in quite well. So I just start as simply as possible, writing my own story. And when the pre-chorus, what are you going to do? So originally it was, I just heard that quote. Right. I didn't, I didn't even know the poem, but I did know that it was from Mary Oliver and I knew that I loved it. Right. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm amazed that this Mary Oliver line is asking to be part of my song. How cool is that?
3: I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. going to name this
1: song Mary Oliver. Like, that's so neat. So it was, yeah. what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? And yeah, I was just tickled by that. And how cool. Yeah. And then I got this, like, feeling, this little, like, I don't know, invisible hand tapping on my shoulder being like, you should check with Mary Oliver <laughs> <laughs> if this is okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that this song might have some reach. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, what? Like, you know, this is like my third song I ever wrote or, so, you know, something close to that. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I write her people. And. I write this like effusive, like best written letter I could write, and they get back to me right away. Um, oh wow! And were like, "Yeah, Mary's not okay with that." Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, dang!" So what I did was I changed the line a little tiny bit, and I kept the song called Mary Oliver. Wow! I changed it to "Vast and Precious Life." Mm, um, yeah, yeah in order to respect her wishes and at the same time, like kept the song titled Mary Oliver to give a nod over to her. Um, mm-hmm. But so that's how that, that's how that that's happened. amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and such an, such a different take on, I mean, cause I think in what social media, it's so easy. Everything's so curated, everything's so presented as, Mostly like this is the best foot forward or whatever, and such an interesting take on the I don't know like your read on it like that that led somewhere so different, and recognizing mm-hmm. I don't know what came up for you and wondering, okay, but what happened to these people?
1: yeah, my heart was sad, yeah, I was just like where where, and I mean, as a child i I, I thought we were all on the same page of mm. like looking at the adults around whose lights were very dampened seeming and who were like often really stressed and shut down. And I, I thought it was an unspoken understanding that we were going to do it differently. Yeah. Um, I really, and I truly like, I thought it was a fact. I truly believed it. Like, Oh yeah. Like we are not going to just recreate the same thing again and again. And then I was just like, so genuinely shocked. As yeah. we got older and I like would talk to different friends and they'd be like, yeah, well, I'm going into this field because, you know, like, no, I, I mean, I hate it, but like, I mm-hmm. need to. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's maybe happened. I should have not had that been unspoken and start like I started thinking about that in kindergarten, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. I should have been talking to all these people about this. But yeah, next That's... Life, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. I mean,
0: I'm, as you were saying that I was thinking like. I know I, that moment that you talked about seeing that in your friend's picture was like, I I was like, I remember feeling that in a previous marriage where I was like, oh mm-hmm. crap,
3: <laughs> I've
0: landed mm-hmm. in that place where I did not want to be. And, and kind of looking around and wondering, okay, what is it that I want to do with this vast and precious life? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think we probably all, each of us have that moment where either the line can be inspirational, of like driving us forward, but it also is kind of cauterizing in a way because you're like, "Oh crap, I did. I'm not living up to it." And so I love that it mm-hmm. it found its way into your song, kind of in both those ways too.
1: Totally, yeah. It's yeah. I hope I hope Mary's okay with it. I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> I like respect her so much. Yeah. Um, the song. I mean, it. So I made a music video mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Five other women, and this, and it went viral, which was shocking. Mm. It's been like I think like two hundred forty thousand times. Wow, or something, and like with no, like I've never sponsored it, I've never marketed it. Like this is all just organic. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've gotten like such profound feedback from hundreds of people mm-hmm. that I'm like, yeah, I hope that I like really hope that Mary's not mad. And I might like I'm willing to accept if she is, <laughs> yeah. Um, because this has just opened up so much for so many people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost it feels like it's part. As, obviously, as a total outsider, but it also feels like it's it's part of what happens when people are creative. You put it out there to share with someone, and then it's going to always take on its own interpretation and its own mm-hmm. life once you've released it to the wild mm-hmm. whatever that means so yeah mm, well I'm, I'm glad that uh, that you sang it at the Danielle Laporte thing and that moment of you singing it in a cathedral like everything about mm. that was just beautiful sacred spaces need more of that realism um and it mm. was really it was really beautiful to behold it so thank you thank you mm. I would love to learn more about how you met or came in contact with Danielle LaPorte and got to play at Grace Cathedral.
1: So it was like a moment of like extreme courage pretty much on my part. I was, I saw an ad pop up, um, like Danielle LaPorte, Grace Cathedral, two weeks. And just, I didn't even think, I couldn't even think. And I just like, this all happened in two minutes, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just went and I wrote <laughs> to her, like I found an email address and I, I wrote to her staff and, or her or whatever. And it was just like, I have a song. um. Here's the video. And I, I can't like believe this sort of <laughs> the courage it took, but I was just like, I think this will enhance your event. Mm. Um, because in my heart, I really did believe that, but there was also so much like, terror that it's like what are you talking about like you can't say that that and then I sent it and then I totally forgot completely because it was just a moment right and two or three days before I get an email Mm -hmm. and it was just like hey Danielle would love to have you come and open up the show (laughs) and I like my jaw dropped I was like oh my god what No, I mean, I've been following her work for like seven years. Right. Um, I was just like, oh, and yeah, that was, talk about resistance and fear. Mm -hmm. Playing, that was, I was was beyond afraid. Mm. (laughs) That was a big leap, but it was one that I knew in my heart I needed to take.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and being in the audience for it, you you are right that we all needed to hear that song that day um, wow. and that it enhanced the event. Um, I mean, because just sitting there, like I said, in the space, in a very sacred space, you set a tone of what will happen here and what is permitted and who we are permitted to be. And so I, I could not tell if you were terrified. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that part did not I come tried. across. <laughs> You yeah, cried. I, I tried my best oh, to today, just yeah. no. I said I tried my best yeah. to just root in. Oh, I definitely cried, but that was yeah. later. <laughs> no, it
0: was magnificent. I mean, every everything about it was was the the right thing for that place and that time, and and you were meant to be there. It was gorgeous.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: Of course. Yes. It was beautiful. I'm glad you shared that. That especially with the terror. <laughs> I think it's just such an encouragement for other people to be like, I can do this. I'm gonna get right on through it
1: <laughs> and see what can so happen. much terror. I make yeah. what I call um sober decisions, which have nothing to do with like any like traditional mm-hmm. intoxicants, but like I consider fear mm-hmm. an intoxicant yeah. and anxiety an intoxicant. And so like if I had not decided before arriving at Grace Cathedral that I would absolutely be getting on that stage and playing that song, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have happened. Because everything in my body in that moment was being like, "Run! Don't! <laughs> <Like>, no, <laughs> no! 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 No!" Like I'm in no place to make decisions when that's happening. So I just rooted into that. Like, nope. This is this is the choice.
0: What else are you working on, or what else is dear to your heart after having? you know put the Mary Oliver song out there what else has come up and what are you doing
1: well one of the things that's like really on the horizon for me that i'm really excited um to step into is holding space for other women to feel safe to explore their voices i mean it's so loaded i, yeah. I don't even know where to really start but like even through the lens of feminism or especially through the lens of feminism like women making noise, like step one, that's scary. Singing Mm -hmm. is something that so many people are afraid of. For me, like, here's the sound of my soul. I'm like turning myself inside out and here's the sound of it. So I really want to create spaces and have a workshop, like a five or six week workshop with small groups where we explore the voice. And, you know, I give technical support, but more than anything, it's just a place to feel really safe and explore and even talk about like, you know, so when's the first time someone told you that you couldn't sing? And how mm-hmm. did that actually feel?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, because there's so many people walking around being like, oh, I'm tone deaf. Uh, not for me. And like actually pausing there and being like, who told you that? When? Like, do you want to sing?
2: Mm.
1: Um, because it's not like, you know, in our culture, we've. Created this thing where the artists—the only ones that we see—are the ones on stages, right, big stages, who have already put in so much time practicing and learning. But we're not really shown that. Like it's just um, Like I remember watching Sister Act as mm-hmm. a kid and seeing like, you know, that one nun who ended up like singing like amazingly and like be just like yes. pressing on her diaphragm yeah'm like, blah 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 to like hey, hey, you know, like just like, like really, like, and so just thinking like, oh, so people are born being able to sing like Whitney Houston, or they aren't singers, And I think mm-hmm. that that's so prohibitive and for people and debilitating, even because it just no, like Whitney Houston wasn't born singing like Whitney Houston, she I'm sure had tons of lessons and tons of time not sounding great. So I just want to present that for people too. Mm-hmm. Like that the voice is an instrument and it needs to be practiced just like any other instrument. And I feel like there's this big like wrong belief in our culture that people can either sing or they can't. And yeah. that's just not how I feel at all.
0: Yeah. I And I love that observation and kind of tapping into what that kind of that larger theme too of we see the same group of people the famous people all doing this stuff all the time and then we mm-hmm. don't see the work that they did behind the scenes to get them to where they're famous or known yeah, or whatever
1: so much it just seems
0: insurmountable when when then you see a Whitney Houston you're like well yeah there's no way I can do that look at her
1: <laughs> how um, long has she been training so I'm really excited about mm-hmm. about creating and holding that space that sounds just so enlivening and. So mm-hmm. part of what happened with the Mary Oliver video is I got hundreds of messages from women actually like all around the world and them telling me it's being used in their like women's circles and can I get the chords for this I want to learn it and it got me thinking more deeply about a problem that I like, do I want to call yeah there's a problem a problem that like really impacted me a lot throughout my life that I'm feeling just significantly more free within Mm-hmm. Which is um, women, body, and food, and that relationship, and so I'm really wanting to also create a circle for that because I feel like it's something that's just so infrequently spoken about,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that if people aren't super like severely disordered, they don't think that there's like they like it's just considered normal to be mm-hmm. fixated on the size of our bodies and the shapes of our bodies. And I want to challenge that and hold space for women to heal.
0: Oh, I like that too. And there's, I would see such an amazing tie in there with like, it's what it's not just the outer voices or our own using our voice, but it's kind of like that inner voice that says I'm not good enough. And that's why I'm going to do this. Yeah, It's all still voice and in that realm. And yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The inner critic. Oh, hello, inner critic. Oh, the inner critic. (laughs) Well, let's jump to the last couple of questions. Do you want to tell people where they can find out a little bit more about you if
1: they are curious? I feel like a great place to just like jump onto the journey is Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, I, I go in and out <laughs> posting lots, um, but there and Facebook, Facebook are, Instagram and Facebook are good spots.
0: Awesome. I will link your handles in the show notes, folks. Where have you seen resistance come up in your life, and how have you overcome it?
1: Like a resistance that I'm like really confronting right now, and this Mm -hmm. is just so well, I don't want to judge it, but it's so hard not to. Mm -hmm. Is I have a resistance to to working really hard in certain ways, like in creative ways. So, like planning the tour, like that was super hard work, and I had no resistance to it. But like learning how to do this new thing on the guitar. There's all this stuff that comes up and me, like, I should just like, you should just be able to do that. I have resistance to trying my very hardest in my creative pursuits. There's some sort of bullshit safety, I feel, in being like, well, yeah, I'm all self-taught. And, and then getting the like, wow. And then having it be like, in my head, like, and yeah, like, I could be a lot better if I worked really, really hard. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, the, it's like the same thing as being like a kid in school and being like, "Well, I got, you know, I got a ninety-five on that exam, uh, but I didn't study."
0: Yeah, I can. I get yeah. what you're what you're saying there. I mean, because uh, for me, podcasting—not that it's the same exactly—but like almost mm-hmm. all the stuff I do, I I taught myself how to do this. I know how to edit files, mm-hmm. and, but then there was this resistance for me that came up about like, "Well, if I hire an editor, what does that mean?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like there's something like more honorable or more grassroots or something about being the person that then is doing it all herself. But th- that's a, that's a false. I think that's what you're saying about the kind mm-hmm. of the BS part of it is like that. There's something false about that because it's not it's not true that I'm a better podcaster because I edit my own files. That's strange.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, I want to get more specific on the BS. Um, it's like, I, I think what it boils down to for me is that if I try my very best and, I not, and I'm not the best, which is so arbitrary and ridiculous and bullshit, mm-hmm. um, then like, how do I cope with that? So it's easier for me to be like, well, I'm not trying my very best. So like even hearing myself say it, I feel sad in my mm-hmm. heart. Like, oh. So well, and right I think now I'm working on that.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I think awareness is like part of it. And then, I mean, it sounds like the path is there for you. Like, you know, you want to, to get through it and past it. So mm.
1: I just have yeah. a lot of resistance though, for sure. Um, <laughs> and then the other like resistance that I experienced was I talked about earlier of just singing at all yeah. and expressing at all. I felt like I had. Like, I didn't even know I had valves of expression because they were so calcified. Mm -hmm. And so pushing, like, kind of dissolving that calcification, like, note by note and, like, having so – and it just being the scariest thing, even by myself. And then, like, singing in front of people for the first time, I lost feeling in my whole body, truly. And then I had – such a severe reaction to like the tension that I got like a sciatic pinch and I couldn't walk for a week so like true true terror so like tons of resistance to and you know I guess when it comes down to it like fully fully actualizing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. and is that maybe the heart of like everyone's resistance in some way like Mm. that that full actualization of who I know I'm here to be
1: it could be. I wonder if it's um, coming from a similar place or what. Because for me, I think it's coming from like if I try my best. Like I said, if I try my best and I'm not the best, like who am I? Like what? <laughs> like then what? Yeah. Um.
0: The- mm, yeah, that's that's really rich territory of that kind of actualization and self-trust. So the last question I ask everyone is, um, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives?
1: I think one, one thing that comes to mind right away is to find little joys because it can seem really daunting, that question. Like, I think if taken in like, okay, how to feel this big sense of enduring joy. So like if having flowers in the house, brings you joy. go get go get a bouquet of flowers. so like little little ways and then that's one. thinking about hugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a total hugger. I love it. <laughs> I'm thinking about hugs. And then I think just putting intentional time, like setting intentional time, which I think in our super busy lives can be really like hard really hard to do, but setting time and being like, okay, for this hour, Even once a week. First, I'll explore and like see what does bring me joy, and then you know if you find it, commit, make it an actual commitment, put it on your schedule, make it as important as paying this or that bill or taking your kid here or there. Like make it a making it a priority. Yeah, and recognizing that connecting with joy will actually enhance the lives of the people around you. And, like, it, that it'll bleed into so many other places in your life in positive and helpful way.
0: Oh, I love them all. Mm. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been just amazing and wonderful.
1: Yay. Yeah, it's truly really been fun. Um, Morgan, thank you so much
0: for joining me and for sharing Everything on the show Um, It's such a treat to get to meet you After we met so briefly in Grace Cathedral And I just feel So uplifted to have Had this time and gotten to chat with you And thank you for sharing your story If you in the audience want to find out More about Morgan, you can find links To everything we've talked about, including A link to purchase her music on our website And all of that will be On my site at Jumpstartyourjoy.com Episode 111 episode 111. Morgan also wanted me to let you guys know that she and her partner Scott, who who make up the band Feelings Parade, are super excited to be offering the opportunity to have them write you a song to give as a gift for a loved one during this holiday season, which just sounds so totally awesome. So the link for that is also on the site and I I just hope you guys will go check it out and download some of her music. So I very much also hope that you will stay tuned after I say goodbye in this episode because Morgan has very graciously let us play Mary Oliver on this episode so you guys can all hear what a wonderful song that is. So if you've liked what you heard in this episode, I invite you to join me for more interviews with musicians like Danny Wood of New Kids on the Block, Rachel Maddox, and Earl J. Rivard. You can find these episodes in the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode one one one. Or you can look for jumpstart your joy on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Player FM. I'm also newly on Woo Spotify. So check it out there. Spotify is so awesome because of course it has a link up with Alexa and you can just listen in your home or wherever you have your Alexa and that is a really awesome experience as well. So new episodes come out on Tuesday mornings so you want to be sure and subscribe and while you're there on iTunes leave a review. Thank you. (laughs) Next week on the show the amazing writer author teacher Alexandra Franzen is joining me to share about her upcoming book Which is called you're going to survive her new book is all about the hard things that come with our work so our work lives in whatever kind of job you are at she got curious about the question of what is the worst moment of your career and what (laughs) happens, and she found that when people answered this question it was often a story of great self-empowerment nearly universally people have who have had a horrible work experience Tend to turn their setbacks into an opportunity. So be sure to tune in to hear all of that goodness from Alexandra. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.
3: said she'd be a lawyer because she was a real good talker where she's from that's for real good talkers do then they said maybe she'll be a doctor you've got the brains don't let them go to And precious life, press your ear up against your soul and listen hard because we're all getting older. So hope a life that you don't wanna be rescued from go on and make yourself a life cause we're all getting older so